Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Titus chapter 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. And as soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for the urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So Paul is giving us kind of final instructions in the third chapter of Titus that Christians should be law-abiding. He reminds us that we were all lost before Jesus saved us. He points us toward the unmerited favor of God and the fact that we've received that unmerited favor. He once again points out the fact that the new life we have is a rebirth brought to us by the work of Jesus Christ and the precious Holy Spirit working in us, that our salvation is not our own doing. Paul emphasizes these truths and tells us to emphasize these things. He instructs us to avoid foolish controversy and various things and to be passionate about Jesus. So verse 1, Paul writes, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, and to be peaceable and considerate and always gentle toward everyone. Now this, uh, be subject to the rulers and authorities. What is he saying? Christians should be the absolute best citizens in any given country. And so as Christians, we are to be subject to those that are in authority over us, to be obedient to the government, not to slander the government, but to pray for the government. So whether you like those in office or not, whether you voted for those in office or not, our job as Christians, once someone is in office, is to be obedient and to pray for them and not to slander them. 
We're to be gentle towards everyone, but especially rulers and authorities. And we're commanded by God to pray for those that are in authority over us so that we might live peaceful lives in Christ. Remember, we were all lost at one time. And uh, Paul reminds us of this. Listen to verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. So friends, why should we be surprised when lost people behave in this way? The Bible says that it is um, the natural man or the old nature who is disobedient, foolish, deceived, and enslaved. Until we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we're all lost. We're all foolish. We're all deceived. We're all enslaved by various things. And maybe one person is more overt in their sin and their uh, bad behavior than another. But without Jesus Christ, we're all lost. We're all lost before Jesus saves us. And so when the lost behave as sinners, we should expect that, to be honest with you. I'm not saying we should encourage it or participate in it, but how else are they going to behave? By definition, lost is lost. They don't have a knowledge of God. They don't have the, uh, the they don't receive the the scriptures as instructions on godly living. But you and I don't have that excuse. We're called to live godly lives in Christ Jesus, according to the tenets of Scripture. And these instructions of Paul for how we should live are applicable to Christians in every generation. He reminds us also that God's kindness toward us is His unmerited favor. We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. It's the grace of God that saves us, the kindness of God. Verse 4, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Friends, if it was up to our own righteousness, none of us would make heaven. But the Lord saved us when we were yet sinners, when we were yet estranged from Christ, when we were still going our own way and doing things that heaven didn't approve of. That's when he saved us. That's where he found us. That's when he appeared to us, spiritually speaking, and saved us. It's all because of his mercy. Salvation is an unmerited free gift from God. And so we receive the new life in Jesus Christ. We become new creations in Christ. Paul writes, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and by the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This business of being sons of God and heirs is far beyond our imagination or our ability to understand in an eternal perspective. But the Bible teaches that it's God's good pleasure to give us everything that exists. Once we come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we're adopted into the family of God. We are co-inheritors along with Christ in whatever exists beyond time and eternity and uh, within the created order as well. We're heirs of these things. They belong to us as children of God, not because of anything we've done, but because of the rebirth. We've been born again into a new reality as sons and daughters of God. And Paul tells us that we should continue to emphasize these truths. He says, I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. 
And so, friends, I'm talking to people who have trusted God, people who call themselves Christians. I'm reminding you to be careful to devote yourself to doing what is good. There is a God in heaven who will call all of us to an account. Every man, whether saved or lost, will give an account to God of how they spent their lives. The Bible says we'll give an account of every word we've spoken. Imagine that. And so may the words of your mouth and the words of my mouth be pleasing in the sight of God today and every day. May the meditations of my heart and your heart be pleasing in the sight of God. Paul instructs us further that we should avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law. Now, this is in context talking about the Old Covenant Scriptures, probably the Torah, the first five books of Moses. But by extension, Christians should avoid foolish controversies about Christianity and arguments and quarrels about Christianity. These things are unprofitable and useless, Paul writes. Now, it's impossible to go through the entire 66 books of the Bible and not see certain passages from one perspective versus another. It's just the way it is. If I sat out with my wife today and started out in Genesis, I wouldn't go too far before she and I disagreed about the subtle meaning of one passage or another. But this is not um, what we're to focus on, the things that we disagree about. We're to focus on the fact that the Bible is the Word of God. We're to focus on the fact that Jesus did live a sinless life. He did die a sacrificial death. He was raised from the grave on the third day. He did ascend into heaven. He is seated on the right hand of God the Father. Mary was a virgin. These things are are non-negotiables of the faith. But we should avoid foolish controversies among our, our relationships with other believers. Paul says that these things are unprofitable. There are certain people who enjoy these controversies and arguments and quarrels. Paul said we should warn such a person and warn them one time, then warn them a second time. After we've warned them twice, have nothing to do with them. He says such people are warped and sinful. They're self-condemned. So there are those who promote division. There are those who promote argument, those who promote strife. There are self-proclaimed heresy hunters that pick over every message that others give, and yet they give no messages themselves. They go through and they scrutinize other men's labors and other women's labors for Christ, and yet they themselves do nothing. They think it's their lot in life to call attention to other people's work and words and ministries, as opposed to having a work and word and ministry of their own. They're professional critics. They're divisive. They cause problems. They raise up controversies and arguments. They quarrel with other people about the meaning of certain passages. And so the Bible says that you should warn such people and uh, warn them twice and then have nothing to do with them. We need to be passionate about Jesus. We need to be passionate about doing good. We need to be passionate about the Word of God. We need to love other believers and extend grace where grace is needed. We need to understand that lost people will not behave like saved people. We need to also understand as saved people, we're on display. We need to be different from those around us in our words and in our demeanor and our behavior. Paul says our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what's good. That's me. That's you. And we need to provide an example for the lost and show something different that's attractive to them in the way that we live and the way that we relate to others who are in the faith of Christ. Paul extends a final greeting and blessing to each person that's listening today. He says, greet those who love us in the faith and grace be with you all. And by extension, I say grace be with you all as well. Heavenly Father, I pray that we as Christians would be law-abiding 
subjects to the rulers and the governmental authorities over us. May we be peaceable and considerate, always gentle toward all men, whether lost or saved. Lord, may we remember that before Jesus, we were lost as well. We, Lord, were saved to be different. May we live in that unmerited favor that you extended to us as examples for those around us who don't yet know Christ. Teach us to emphasize the righteous things that we've learned. Lord, we've received new life in Christ. May we live as new creations now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.